Good evening and welcome to Own in the Evening. This is the Own Dog alongside Alma. Hello. Episode 29 is actually the start of season two. So we have done 28 episodes, a 10 week season, and we are rolling over into season two. Welcome. And here's to two, and then three, and then four, and a hundred more seasons, Alma. Here's hoping. Let's get it rolling. Let's give you. And it starts with episode one, season two. Hope you're making a great night. Hope you are just shining brightly like the light that you are. And I am glad to be here once again with my lovely wife, Alma. And we are going to rock out season two like season two's never been rocked out before. Alma to spiraling come unannounced. We left this the other episode at the end of the last episode. And I wanted to get into whether or not you are able to sense that you're going into a manic spiral. Not the euphoria and the manic high that comes with mania, like the hypomania, but the depressive low. Can you feel that coming on? I really do think you can because you're, you're in a low state. So you're cycling low, your mind's already depressed and it, it comes as like a surge of emotion that just takes you lower and lower and it keeps feeding itself. So like you, you can sense it's coming because it's like you wake up, you've had a run of low days and you're like, God, this day is just going to be even worse. And so everything that happens hits you worse than what, what it would have on a normal day. And so that begins the spiral where it just start, you start chalking up everything that's going wrong, leading you further and further down into that pit of, of depression or anxiety or whatever it is you're spiraling about. It's definitely possible that you can see it coming, but now can you be aware of it while you're in the midst of it to pull yourself out? That's another story because it's kind of hard to catch yourself in the midst of a spiral. So with that said, do you have any tips for when you are, like when you're feeling these spirals coming on and when you're feeling like you're about to dip into that low or that depressive state, do you have any ways that you've learned over the years to pull yourself out of that or to help minimize the impact, I guess, of the oncoming low? The the spiral for me almost feels like a rope that's hanging for me to grab onto that wants to pull me away. So if I can resist pulling on that thread, that thought train, that, that downward cycle feeling, I can resist going on the spiral. So it's kind of like a mental trick of noticing the energy of your mind and what direction it's going and kind of resisting the flow of energy and not going with the current thought trains. Because when you're in a low and depressive mood, the current of your thoughts is pulling you downward. And so you want to resist going downward. And so don't think the thoughts that are going to take you downward you got to think something else. And if you can't think anything else, don't think anything at all. Think something neutral. And that that's what I've come up with. My best defense against spirals is thinking neutral to positive thoughts that keep me from dwelling in the negativity. All right. 
So it's really about getting your thought processes under control, which kind of solidifies, you know, what we already knew, but a lot of these struggles are in your head. And so in some ways, you know, you've got to adjust your thinking. Like you mentioned, you've got to create a habit of thinking a certain way. And I mean, the kids aren't bipolar, but they've gone through these moments where they are just entirely negative. Their thought process is wrong. And I've told them before, it's not for me to tell you how to think, but I can tell you that the way that you're going through this process now is off. It's not right, because what it's gonna do is self-defeating. For instance, when they get a math problem, I'm just thinking back you know, to homeschooling years and they start on a math problem or a new thing that is just too hard and they swear they'll never get it. All they're doing is conditioning themselves to think that way. Earlier today, I had an interaction with my second daughter who felt I had made fun of her. That was like in a previous interaction, I had made fun of her. Now I'll give you the too long didn't listen right now. She had said something about the, she didn't like it, her new school that they weren't allowed to have DoorDash delivered. And I responded, I thought that was totally okay. I didn't think they should be allowed to have DoorDash delivered. When I was a kid, I wasn't allowed to have a pizza delivered. I can't understand why students would think that at their high school, they should be allowed to have food delivered. She said, and put, she said later, she told her sister, I was making fun of her. Now, those were my words, specifically, exactly. That doesn't feel like I made fun of anyone, but it does feel like I didn't agree with her. And she oftentimes takes those confrontational moments and conflates them into something they're not. And I told her, you can't do that because now you've put it in your brain where dad was making fun of me. But that was never what happened. That's just the way you encoded it. That's the way you decided to write that memory to your brain. Don't do that. That's, that's my tip. Don't do that, whether it's dad or anyone else. You shouldn't be creating false narratives and false realities and putting those in your brain and then making that the world that you will live in. That is exactly how you need to control your thinking and how your thought process or your thought process should or can control your narrative, can control your life story if you're not careful. It very much does control your, your life's narrative based on how you process the experiences you have because you're writing, you're inside witnessing those experiences and you are memorializing them however you witness them. So it's a tainted perspective because two people can go through the same event. Like think of twins. They go through life together, same genetic makeup, right? But in the same household, two twins can turn out wildly different because they encode their experiences different from what they go through. So it's, it's all about how you take in what you're going through. And that comes back to circling around to that rose colored lenses. If you want to live a happier life, you got to paint your rose-colored glasses on and see life in a rosier way. Not that it takes away the negativity of life because that's always going to be there, but it does allow you to see a better vision of reality than what it would if you didn't choose to see the positive in the moments. When you are faced with 
that half empty, half full situation, you do have a choice. Optimism, pessimism, the age old struggle, right? Um, I think that you do well to practice trying to find the positives. We've talked about this so many times on so many episodes here of Own in the Evening, but you do have to try to find the positive. And so to swing this back to the original topic, when you're feeling that downward spiral come on, your tip was to try to change the way that you're thinking. And I think that not only is that great advice from Alma when you're feeling a spiral coming on, that's just great advice for always, period. Whether you're feeling a spiral or whether you're riding the euphoria of a hypomanic high or whether you're just caught in another day working for the man at your job, right? No matter what doldrums or what life is throwing at you, you do well to try to control your viewpoint, to try to control your thinking and help yourself become, help yourself become as happy as you'd want to be, right? I guess this swings us into a different topic, but it's, it's similar. They hold hands and I'm going a little bit off of the show notes, so forgive me. But if you took like your average American, well, take me, my situation and the things that I've said bother me and just pluck me out of here and take me somewhere and drop me and switch me with a family who's living with the very real reality that their house might get a bomb dropped on it because somebody's fighting a war that doesn't really involve these people, but that's where they are. Or swap me with somebody who has to walk four miles a day to get water just to cook and clean with and drop them into my life now. And for all my struggles, brother, sister, let me tell you, they would hit their knees and thank whatever God they worshiped because their situation would be so much better. And so remember that when things are getting you down, when you're getting hit in the gut by life yet again, remember how blessed you truly are because there are millions, if not billions of folks out there who are struggling with things that by and large, I don't really know what it's like. I can empathize, it would suck to have to walk four miles to get water. I have been without water when I've been unable to pay my water bill and they shut it off. I know it sucks to live without water and then to have to make that miles long hike would only make it suck all the harder. So I try to remain a good steward of my own perspective. Yes, I try to keep the right eye on things. Yeah, it sucks, I don't have a yard. Yeah, it sucks, the kids don't have a great place to ride their bike, but I've got so many blessings that a lot of folks don't have. Hell, in this country, there are a number of people, a large number of people in the tens of thousands of people who don't have a home at all. It, it is really good to keep that perspective, to see where you're at and how you're doing and know that at any given moment, there's probably somebody that's out there doing it and having it so much worse. And that's a great way. Like if you can't always find the positive, then look at the negative side of things and see how much worse it could be because that can help you lean towards the positive side of things. If finding the silver lining isn't necessarily the good in your life, 
the good could be what bad there isn't, if that makes sense. It certainly can be helpful. It makes sense, right? I don't know that you need to go around spending every minute of every day thinking about how terrible things could be, because I think that would lead to an unhappy existence. But at the same time, when you're feeling like life has really kicked you in the guts and you can't get through it, two things. Recognize that somebody somewhere is going through something way worse in all likelihood. Now, you might be the exception that you are absolutely going through the worst thing in the world right now. And if you are, I feel for you. That would be crazy to know that, that no one anywhere is having a problem that's worse than yours. That would be like your problem is the worst. And if that's the case, let me remind you of this. You've made it through every adverse day in your life, everything that you thought you wouldn't be able to make it through, every moment that you're like, oh, I just, I don't know what I'm gonna do. Those moments have come and passed and this one will too. So remember, you're stronger oftentimes than you give yourself credit for. And remember that as bad as things look, there's probably somewhere else who has a different perspective, meaning somebody else who's like, man, if only those were my problems. I oftentimes say the same thing to the kids every day when they tell me something. I'm like, well, you know, if that's the worst thing that happens to you in a day, then you're having a pretty good day. That, that, sorry, I got distracted by a kid coming downstairs. She was looking at me like deer in the headlights. <laughs> I didn't like, catch I, the I, end of what you said. <laughs> and now we kick it over to Alma. <laughs> Thanks, Alma. By the way, uh, there were faces there for those listening to the podcast. You can catch us live, kick.com, youtube.com. Own Dog creates on either platform, and we're live doing this show Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturday nights at 9.30. And baby, we've been consistent. We've hit 29 in a row. All right, enough. That's our, that's our consistency por you know, portion of the show. Onward we go. Is this really me? Like this that you're looking at here, this beautiful face, this curly mustache. Is this really me? That's the topic. Not whether this is really me, but when you look into yourself, the person that's looking back at you, self-exploratory. And I don't mean, you know, touching yourself when no one's looking. I mean, exploring the inner parts of the self. I mean, talking about who you are at your core. And that, a lot of that comes down to cutting through the bullshit that we like to put out into the world for ourselves and for others. Because we do, we oftentimes hide a number of things in a facade of garbage. And then we just act like no one knows that those things are hidden in the trash. Uh, my kids do this quite a bit. I have done this before, right? You put on a different show and inside you're feeling different. Those types of moments can lead you to question ultimately who you really are. And so finding out who you are inside and being true to yourself is important. But it's also important that you put on 
an accurate representation of yourself for those around you. Meaning that if you're constantly trying to mold who you are for those around you, I believe you're going to lead yourself to a very unhappy place, right? And a place where you'll question who you even are at the heart of it anyway. You'll get to a point where you won't know. Almost like a chameleon, you'll continue to change colors to fit into these situations that you feel you needed to change to fit into. When the reality of it is most likely that all you need, all you need is to be honest with yourself and be yourself in those situations. And the people in those situations will accept you for who you are. But oftentimes we put too much pressure. It's a new, it's a new school we're moving to. We got to put on the right impression. It's a new job we're starting. We have to put on the right impression. It's a new relationship we're getting into. I got to give this gal or guy the right impression. <sighs> no, you got to give them the impression of you. And if that's not for them, then that's not for them. But you shouldn't continue to try to shift to become a person that you think someone else will like. Because ultimately, when all of that facade falls away, you're still going to be who you are. And they're going to see that you were putting on a show. How many times have we heard of relationships where it goes south and it sours and then all of a sudden one or the other of the spouses or the relationship ease say, they just weren't the person I thought they were. Yeah, of course they weren't. They were trying to be the person they thought you'd like. Once you found out who they really were, we ran into a problem. You could skip all of that by just being who you are from the get-go. And then the people that like you will like you for you and you won't have any of these issues later on in your, in your days. But that all comes down to looking at yourself analytically and being honest with yourself. Because oftentimes the person that we lie to the most is ourself. Uh, you know, I wanna be this or I wanna dress a certain way, hang out with these kids at school. I need to get my boss to like me. He likes fishing. Maybe I'll talk about fishing. I can't stand fishing. Don't. <laughs> Don't talk about fishing if you can't stand fishing. Find some other, you know, other way to bond with your boss. Those are those moments where you're going to lead yourself to struggle, to try to keep track of all these different disparate pieces that you're putting together for a personality that's really not you. I, I walked that path of being the chameleon that bent herself to what I thought other people needed of me. And I fractured myself into many different versions. And in the end, all I had was a fractured piece of myself that didn't fit together anymore. And I didn't know who I was. And that loss, I had a complete loss of identity because at like 29 years old, I had been living a life of being what everybody else wanted me to be or what I thought they wanted me to be. And at that point, I didn't know who that was because it was so many different versions of myself that I, I didn't know me. And at that point, I felt like a failure. I, I, wasn't, I wasn't anybody I could be proud of because it wasn't somebody that was true to myself. And so I, I 
wholeheartedly believe that when you take a deep dive into yourself, it's, it's a time to get to know who you are and who you really want to be for the people in your life and the world around you. And mm -hmm. do that free of doubt and fear of who that's going to be for other people. Because ultimately, if you love yourself and you accept yourself for who you really are, you're going to fall in sync with people who will be able to do the same. When you fracture yourself, and you splinter yourself and hide parts of yourself away, you're not allowing people to meet the whole you. So therefore, they're never going to get to see the real you. And thus, there's always going to be a gap between who they're getting to know and who you're really letting them see. And that comes in the middle of relationships. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes, like I said, then you run into these problems where one or the other says, you're just not who I thought you were. That's because they were putting on a show. And listen, I, I sit here, I do the podcast, I, I do streams. I believe in my heart, I'm an entertainer. I can put on a show. But at the same time, as over the top and bombastic as I am, what you're getting during the show is, it's me. It's just I put on a little bit more entertainment value. But by and large, the things I say here on this show are the things that I live my life by. They're the things that I teach my children. They're the lessons that I've learned over time. And I try to be honest and true to myself. But, you know, sometimes I just get all uppity and I start screaming and stuff. And, yeah, occasionally I'll do that here around the house. So what you get is the real own dog. I get pissy. I get angry. I get happy. I get lots of things. But I try to be honest. Because, yeah, if you start playing that chameleon game, I think you drive yourself to a core unhappiness. So over in the kick chat, Dagus with the sub. Thank you for the kick sub. Remember, team, if you want to catch us live, kick.com, YouTube.com, Own Dog Creates on either. And you can come watch the podcast as it is recorded. You can hang out, interact, and we would love to have you. So... Own Dog Creates at YouTube or Kick, and we'll see you Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays at 9.30 Eastern Standard. Dagus, thank you much, my friend. Much love to you for the sub. Appreciate you. Scientists have discovered that we're chosen, not lucky to be in this world. So there you go. Tide says, what do you mean by chosen? They say the egg chooses the host out of thousands. Interesting. Well, I'm down for it. I believe... I believe we're all here for a reason. Whether, you know, you know however you, you come to the, to the terminology, I think that we're here for a reason. And I think I know what that reason is. And I believe it's a journey. It's just because we all get the same start and the same beginning. We're all born, we will all die. Doesn't matter if we're rich, poor, big, small, muscular, thin, doesn't matter. We're all gonna go through a journey that has a beginning and an end. And that's the whole point, is to get through your journey. And I think during that process that you're supposed to learn and grow and hopefully try to find the best version of you. But yeah, we're, we're here for a journey. It's like a roller coaster. You didn't ask to get on it and you, you know, you're not really in charge of when you get off, but at the same time, enjoy the ride. Alma, what do you think? 
Indeed, a couple of folks in chat mentioned Bray Wyatt, who passed away today. R.I.P. Bray Wyatt. We also lost Terry Funk. So two big wrestlers. Bray Wyatt was uh, 36. So Crazy. young. What do I think about... What do you think about your journey? What do you think about the fact that we're... The fact that we're all born and we all have a journey to the end, which is your end whenever it comes. But I mean, do you think, what do you think? Do you think that there's a point to the journey other than to learn and to grow? No, I think that for me, I think that is the point. Like we come, we come blinded in innocence, you know, perhaps from whatever came before or what lies beyond and we come and we're, it's like a blank slate to build upon life's journey, to write a, a story. And that story is filled with ups and downs, back and forths and lessons and mistakes and, you know, just a beautiful full breadth of what life can be in your own particu particular passion how you take life and what you make of it. And so that's what for what's there for each of us to do. Some come and they make big sweeping changes with their life. And some come and they choose humble natures and simplistic living. And through it all, it never escapes me that there's a joy to life to be found. So I think that's the essence of why we're here to, to find that joy in life and let it lead you to shape you into what you're most meant to be. So the journey is a process of growth. Mm -hmm. yeah. Very yeah. much so. I mean, I, I think it, it's so simplistic. And I think people oftentimes don't accept simplistic explanations or answers because they're looking for something more complex. Like it couldn't just be as simple as growth, could it? I think it is. I, I believe if there's a next step, whether you believe, you know, simulation ther theories or uh, hologram theories, or you believe in the all powerful creator, the almighty God, or any one of a number of religions, I don't think that ultimately matters because I think that we're here for growth, personal growth. And if there is a next step, I can't imagine they're looking for all the jerks and the buttholes, you know, from the world that they want to bring to the next step. I think the next step would be some form of enlightenment, which would require to move past a lot of these smaller petty things that we do. For instance, if, you know, if there's a creator or if there's aliens and they're watching our planet now, they probably think that as a species, humanity is really kind of broken because we can't, Ant colonies work together for the good of the colony. Humanity, even within our own communities, we fight with one another. Um, and then that just goes out and bigger and bigger. So I realize ant colonies go to war with one another, but in their own colony, they're usually pretty tight. Even in our own communities, we have big fractures. And yeah, I think people looking at us from afar with a perspective that we don't have would be like, man, these these people or these creatures are very destructive, self-destructive even. 
But outside of that, that gets into like creationism and aliens, which would probably be a topic for another show. I think the journey is one of self-betterment and we should always be learning. And I think if we're following that and just trying to stick to that, I think you're, you're probably gonna do all right. But your happiness oftentimes is in control. I've said before, and I know it doesn't always land well, but you're the reason you're unhappy. And I'll circle back to why because you have a choice in your perspective. Because for whatever reason, I could go out right now in my city and I'm sure I could find a homeless person or somebody who's really struggling and find that they have a better perspective about a lot of things than I do. I've talked to a couple of homeless people, people who were really down on their luck. One time I was in Chicago, it was one of my first experiences with a panhandler, I was a young kid and then you know, just in my time as I've grown, but it stuck with me since that one guy in Chicago, he had a great attitude. Like I talked to him, I gave him all the change I had in my pocket. I think I was 11 years old and he just seemed that he was happy. Didn't have anything and was getting money from a, a kid, but he seemed happy. And so that always stuck with me that how could a guy who was so down on his luck still be happy? because you have a choice. Because life can take everything from you and God didn't promise you anything. But your perspective and your attitude is your own and nobody can change it. You can be happy even when life kicks you in the nuts. It's just harder. But if you learn, to, you train yourself to find the happiness, you're gonna be so much better off. And I think that's part of what we're supposed to be doing is trying to find ways because nobody gets the same journey. Not everybody gets to be rich. Some people do, some people don't. But by and large, everybody's journey is individual and most journeys are fraught with ups and big downs, right? Comes with the ride. But you have a choice on how you view it all. Your happiness is your own. You're the reason you're unhappy. So now that you know that, go out there and you be the reason that you're happy. Find the happiness even when life is trying to bring you down. Find the happiness even when you've got a real problem. Don't forget your problems. Alcoholism, people drink. My dad was an alcoholic, drank, probably drank to forget his problems. Don't forget your problems, but don't let them drag you into a state of unhappiness if you can avoid it. Fight that off. Find ways to be happy. Over in the kick chat, Tide says he stopped trying to figure stuff out early in his, in his 20s and now just lives life one day at a time. Look at it every time you wake up as a new day and try to be better than the last. That's the, that's the, that right there, that's pog. Poggers, that's how you ought to be doing it. That's the best way to do it. That's living in the present moment. That's not holding on to the past you can't change. That's not living in fear of the future. And that's taking what you have, which is the now moment, this day, and making the best of it as best you can. You can't ask for much more than that. I totally 100% agree. And I think that's a valuable tip from Tide. And uh, tip from Tide. Valuable tip from Tide, but also a tip for everyone, just one day at a time. Get through this thing, one day at a time. You can do it. 
You've gotten through every adverse situation that your life has brought you so far. I believe in you. I know you can get through whatever down you're going through, whatever down life throws at you the next time. I know you can get through it. I want you to know it too. So moving on, because we're, you know, it's been a good show. We're kind of coming to the end. Projection, Alma, you wrote me projections of insecurity and doubt. And this kind of goes back to perspective. But why don't you go ahead and bring us into this topic? What, what, what's on your mind here? So a lot of what I talk to people about um, is how they feel about themselves, their own insecurities and doubts. But what they they don't recognize it as their own insecurity and doubt. What they feel is that they're getting rejected by people. They, they don't feel seen, they don't feel heard or understood. And basically they aren't making the connections they want with people out in the world, whether that be online or face-to-face, -face, you know, in real life. And, you know, it's, it's an interesting topic because to me, I believe everything starts on the inside. And if you're experiencing trouble on the outside, you got to go within to look for what's causing those problems. And we kind of touched on it in an earlier topic. Like if you're not showing your true self, if you're hiding parts away out of insecurity or devaluing your self-worth, you're not going to show your whole self to people and thus you're going to experience that rejection that you're feeling. So in reality, people are, people are feeling insecure and doubtful of themselves, but projecting that doubt and insecurity as rejection from other people. So it takes becoming aware that of yourself getting to know yourself and who you really are to understand why you're struggling with relationships. Okay. So kind of brings us back to a common theme here that we talk about so much on own in the evening, know thyself, learn thyself, right? Yes. So self-knowledge goes hand in hand with personal betterment personal betterment and self-knowledge go hand in hand with mental wellness and self-love, which is another recurring theme here on Own in the Evening. Alma and I are both big on self-love. Like you cannot love the world until you love yourself. You can't fix the world until you fix yourself. You can't help others if you don't help yourself. These things are all, well, self-evident. Ha ha ha, gentle comedy. You can share that with the children. But I digress. Learn to love yourself. Learn of yourself. That self-exploration, looking inward. All too often, our first inclination is to look outward. At all the problems in the world, at all the things that are going wrong, that are making us less than our best. That said, explore inward. Get to know thyself and cut through your own crap. 
because I told you earlier, and I mean it, one of the things that we do so often is lie to ourselves. I tell my kids, I'm like, I hear what you're saying, but I know that that's not true. And if you are thinking that is, then you're only lying to yourself, you see? I didn't do anything mean to my sister, but yes, you did. And if you stand there and you talk about how what you did was okay, all you're doing is lying to yourself and you're putting a barrier between you and personal betterment. You see, you can't fix a problem you're unwilling to admit exists. You need to be self-critical, but not too self-critical. All my say it all the time, the right amount. Feel the right amount of bad. Give yourself the right amount of self-criticism. Look inward, though. Find out, you know, the lies you tell yourself. Cut through them. Because if you're waiting for someone to come just clarify and clear all this up, they're probably not going to come. You need to do this on your own. No one is likely to cut through your own self-lies but yourself. Oh, well, you say, no, I didn't do anything wrong because so-and-so said something to me. And so I was okay to say everything I said. And maybe that's true. In a world where you can say everything, I would encourage you to remember that just because you can doesn't mean you should. In fact, I would argue wholeheartedly that there are some things you just shouldn't say. But these are conversations you must have with yourself and you have to cut through your own, through your own garbage, through your own facade, through your own self lies. We're all guilty of it, whether it's from procrastination or from our dislike or disdain for another person. We all have times that we justify being less than our best. We all have times that we lie to ourselves. We shouldn't. We should do our best to overcome that because at the end of all of that, that's where the road to personal betterment starts. You can't get on the road until you cut through all your lies until you're ready to be honest with yourself. And I think, I think that's a choice. Like once you make the choice that you're done lying to yourself, you're on the path because it's, it's not something you waver from. Like today I'm going to lie to myself today. I'm going to be true me. I think honestly, once you realize that you want to be true to yourself, it's a life altering choice to make and you won't want to turn back from it because it ultimately feels so much better to live true to yourself than it does fracturing yourself and telling yourself lies about things that ultimately don't add up. Right, exactly. And to swing it back to our topic here, because I always like to close these loops, self-love, you can stop that cycle of insecurity, you can stop those feelings of, well, so-and-so, like Alma said, your insecurity comes into play and you feel attacked or you feel that someone doesn't like you because of the way that they said something, you know, and a lot of times these are internalized and they're off base. Loving yourself will help you overcome those situations because self-love will lead to less fear and doubt anxiety and insecurity about what another person is thinking of you. Because ultimately when you find that place of self-love team, I mean it, you'll find that 
others' opinions don't affect you as much. It's almost like a coat of Teflon. And so now you're rubber and all the things they say can bounce off you. But in order for that to start, self-love is important. You have to love yourself enough to say, no, you know what? Your opinions aren't who I am. You're not, you know, don't let someone else drag you down. I think it was Eleanor Roosevelt who said that no one can make you feel, basically no one can make you feel demeaned without your permission, right? And I, I'm butchering the quote, Alma, if you want to look it up, but no one can make you feel less than without your permission. So when someone else is using their words to drive your mentality and your mental state down, you are giving them your permission by allowing it to happen. Don't. I tell my kids all the time, if somebody says something about you, don't acknowledge it. Just go on with your day because they're saying things to get a reaction out of you. These, these moments are generally to get a reaction from the person that you're poking. Think about a time where you've been less than your best and you've just kind of been catty and going at somebody. What you're looking for is an interaction. You're looking for a reaction from that person. You want them to be angry or sad. You want them to engage with you on some level that really is not your best, but that's where you're at. Other people are the same way. So when they say these things, learn self-love. Well, that's not true. And you're just saying things. I'm gonna let that one slide. You don't have to engage. You don't have to teach them a lesson. A lot of times the best thing you can do is to just disengage. And so as Jeff in the kick chat, you know, when you say something and people will take it the wrong way, for those people, I would encourage them again through a process of self-love, then it wouldn't really matter how it was intended. All that matters is how you received it. And so if somebody's attacking you to make you feel less than your best and you don't let them, you don't let them drive you down to less than your best, that's how you, that's how you win. Because if you let them get into your brain like a worm and bring your psyche down, well, you're letting them win. You're giving them all the power through your, you know, your mental state. You're giving the power to them and their words and you shouldn't, you shouldn't. You should find a way to rise above that. And self-love is one of those ways. Because once you are, you know, once you have self-love, you'll recognize other people's petty words for the petty words that they are. Now, I say all that to say this. I just wanna swing back and remind you that not all criticism is bad. Not every time somebody says something to you that makes you feel bad, you know, they didn't do something wrong. Sometimes somebody says something and the truth quite frankly hurts. And if you have enough self-love, I think that you'll recognize, yes, that's true and it hurts, but I'm in control of me and I can fix that for the next time. And that again comes back to your self-criticism and your own internal your own internal well-being and how well you manage it. Don't take criticism harder than you need to, but at the same time, don't get yourself to the point where you're not listening to anybody and thinking you're just fine because those people probably aren't just fine. I agree. If you can't, perspective is everything. And if you can only listen to your own perspective, you're probably rather close-minded. And that means you're not open to change or like hearing other sides of the story that could help you better yourself. Because 
one one sidedness doesn't it <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't bring the best side of us by only knowing our path, our journey. Sure, you might get to dive deep into yourself and learn some things, but it makes it so much easier when you have outside perspective shining light on the things you might not see of yourself that you might be blind to. So this is why it's always good to carry an open mind and just hear and listen to what others might have to say that could help enlighten your own journey. I agree 100%. Culmination. <laughs> See, I just culminated Alma. But that's 100% accurate. Alma, you said it, you said it best. I can't follow that. It's like me trying to come on and play guitar after the Beatles. <laughs> I can't follow that. Oh, thank you. Now, with that said, we have hit that magical time of the night when it's time to end the podcast. We've actually hit about 45 minutes, which is good because we, you know, we want them to be around 30 to 45 minutes. Alma, do you have anything else for this evening's show? No, I think, I think we covered everything and did a good job. I believe we did. Takeaways team, just remember to love yourself and give yourself a decent amount of self-criticism Feel the right amount of bad and get yourself on the path to self-betterment. Cut through your own self-lies and look inward. All too often, it's too easy to look outward. Our bad behavior can be explained by everybody else's actions but ours. Our bad feelings can be explained by everything else but our own personal choices and decisions. Look inward. The solutions lie within. You can't fix the world out there. You can't control one other person on this planet, but you. And so take that for what it's worth, which is its weight in gold and run with it. Get yourself right. Get yourself in line. Bless you, Alma. And, and that would be the takeaway. Love thyself. Know thyself. So Alma, thank you again for another great show. I talk to Alma like she's not here all day, but I talk to her all day. So pleasantries <laughs> aside with Alma. Team, thanks for being here as always. Thanks for being you. Thanks for all you do. Thanks for listening. We love you. This is Own in the Evening. I'm Own Dog. That's Alma. Make a great night. Make somebody else's night great as well. And tell somebody you love them. Keep owning the evening.